primary night is over. This week in Missouri Politics is joined right off the top by two of the big winners from this week. Mary Elizabeth Coleman, Representative Jeff County, now heading to the Senate. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Nick Shore, St. Charles' own. The beard is heading to the Senate. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, thank you, sir. Tell me why you won by, what, 15? 15 points. Uh, I think the, the reason we won is because I've been speaking for the people, been advocating for the people, uh, and that's something that we've missed in politics, uh, bringing back this representative republic and, and touching the doors, speaking to people on social media and actually addressing their concerns. We did it in 2019 with the heartbeat bill. Uh, we're going to do it again with a lot of these school reforms that are necessary, the criminal reforms that are necessary, and the taxes. That's something that we've heard day in, day out in St. Charles County. Why can't we get rid of this personal property tax? And you can guarantee I'm going to be taking care of that uh, this year. You're not your normal guy. You talk about some things you see from Facebook. Then you talk about criminal justice reform. Yeah. That's an interesting, it's hard to pigeonhole you. Yeah, you know, I think when you, when you look at uh, criminal justice reform uh, as a fiscal conservative, it makes sense if it's going to work. And it's been implemented in, in certain states. Um, you look at from a Christian perspective, and I think that's just the right thing to do. If somebody has been reformed and you can put them back in the workforce, they're making money, uh, contributing to society in a way that they wouldn't be if they're you know, behind closed doors and we're still paying for their food, their housing, their, their public defender. So that's where I think we have to start looking at things that have worked, uh, stopping crime. We need a lot of mental health issues to be addressed in our schools from a mm -hmm. uh, very first point. So yeah, these are things that you don't necessarily hear about when uh, you read the Post-Dispatch about Nick Schroer. So uh, I'm still going to call you representative, I guess, for a few more months, Coleman. Uh, you won by 10 points in a three-way race, which I, I think, you know, probably you could say, well, mine was better because there was four <laughs> candidates instead of just two, but uh, why'd you win by that much? Well, it was late breaking. I think a lot of people didn't make up their mind yeah. until the very end of the race, and uh, we just had a tremendous effort at the doors. My campaign knocked over 55,000 doors. Uh, we visited almost everybody who was registered in the district, sometimes twice or three times, depending on where they were, and people want to giving somebody their vote is like one of the most personal things that somebody has to give you. And if they're going to trust you to represent them, they want to know who you are. And so they want somebody who's taken the time, come to the doors, gotten a chance to meet them. And uh, I think that that put us over the edge as people are kind of weighing all of the radio and the mm -hmm. TV and the mail. Nobody believes anything anyone says anymore. The only thing they trust is with their own eyes. And uh, they gotten a chance to know us. And I think that's why it went our way. So you, I, I seen on Facebook, I actually was down in Jeffco and saw you do a lot of doors. Yeah. What were folks talking about? When they talked about an issue, what was on their mind? Yeah, so Jefferson County really builds the region. So it is busier on Highway 55 from 5 to 6 a.m. than it is from 8 to 9 a.m. People are going out to job sites all across the region, and they're talking about inflation. That money means their margin is gone. The fund money is yeah. gone. There's no money for vacation. There's no money for the big birthday party for their kids. And that's what they're talking about. They want their standard of living to rise. They want to be able to provide for their kids. And when that cushion is gone because of inflation, and the wages haven't kept up, um, that's a real problem, and that's what they were talking about, is Biden's failed policies and what the state can do to kind of push back against these rising costs. See what you want about Trump, and obviously he had a yeah. bizarre experience in Missouri uh, last week, but, but the fact is, in front of every gas station in Missouri, there's yeah. a big, you miss Trump sign. That's right. Now it's coming down. You think if it gets to two, that's when people start to kind of get I think if it comes down to two, that that's possible. But yeah. there's a lot of labor guys who see their buddies who lost their jobs on pipelines, uh, who saw jobs disappear, and that hasn't come back yet. And so until we start getting American independence and energy again, people are still going to be pretty pretty upset about what's going on. In St. Charles County, you're on those doors. What are yeah. people talking about? What was on their minds? Well, I mean, everybody knows that I'm a dad. Uh, this weekend, my seven-year-old 
I got to kiss her on Friday the last time she was seven uh, and I was giving her giving her trouble because now she's an eight year old. And I think, you know, these, these parents that were home during COVID and they saw what their kids are being taught and they see the many different issues. We saw in Francis Howell that uh, there was this this big tax increase. And it was actually that to build this building, it was double what they uh, proposed to voters. So people, parents, taxpayers, they're, they're more concerned with our future. They're, they're wanting to protect our kids and get them ready to become um, the next generation that, that takes this country uh, for our grandkids and stands up for American values. But I think taxes, to your point, um, you know, all of the inflation, the cost of living, uh, all of these rising prices, things that you can't find anymore, we need to find ways to, to protect America and bring things back here rather than buying them from China, Venezuela, Russia. Those are a lot of the things that our voters in St. Charles County are speaking loud and proud about. Interesting. Let's, uh, let's talk about going to the Senate. Um, what do you want to work on in the Senate? Yeah, so I want to work on economic development quite a bit. I think that for me, my kids are the ninth generation Jefferson Countyans. I want my grandkids to live down the street from me. Mm -hmm. um, we are really well po poised to bring back manufacturing jobs into this country. And Jefferson County, with our port and with the highways and with the um, the rail. You're now the chief fundraiser for the port, right? That's a battalion <laughs> that's been passed down to you now. No, but it's really important, right? Yeah. Because of the, not just for Jefferson County, but the entire region. And so I really want to make sure that the St. Louis region success is the entire region's success. So working on economic development, tax policy certainly is important to me. We have been, we've had a supermajority for a really long time. We haven't made a lot of progress on getting rid of some of these regressive taxes. Missouri should be having some of the same types of policies that Tennessee or Florida has, or even Texas, based on how many Republicans we represent. But we just can't seem to get it done, and we have like death by a thousand cuts, really, where we have a little bit of every single kind of tax, and it's just kind of burying people. So let's do some real tax reform. Um, and then our education system, we have got to have really strong schools so that we can attract and fuel this workforce here in Missouri. So those are kind of the places that I see myself working. Thanks, Short. Going to the state Senate, what do you want to work on? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, we have to kind of bring everybody back together. The, uh, the Senate should be the upper chamber, the more deliberate chamber. Uh, and right now, it, it seemed to be over the past couple of years since Mary Elizabeth and I have been in the House, it's been where things go to die, where, you know, somebody's reading a book, um, a lot of personal attacks. And I think we have to get past that. We need a mediator. And that's something with our legal experience. We can go over there, remind people what's really important. Those are the issues that we, the people, want to see addressed, the tax cuts, the, the rising crime. I think St. Louis is the economic generator of the state. But with crime uh, going crazy, we have businesses wanting to leave. We have a lot of people in St. Charles County that remembered going to the Cardinals games that, you know, now they've got little kids, they see what's happening with crime. We have to get crime under control if we're going to make St. Louis City, Nashville, Tennessee 2.0, where there's music, there's tourism, there's economic development. But I think it's going to start with communicating. I had a great call with the governor this week on uh, the importance of communicating and talking about different priorities for the House, the Senate, the Republicans as well, a whole. Let me ask you a question. I, mean, I think yeah. the question is probably on folks' mind. You have a, uh, a caucus of the leadership, uh, 15, 16 of them. You have six, now maybe a few more, folks in the conservative caucus. Uh, Cinder Onder was a very vocal supporter of yours. He was a very loud member of that caucus. Is that, are you going to be joining one of the caucuses or the other when you go to the Senate? Well, I think the conservative caucus should be the Republicans as a whole. I think in this supermajority state, we shouldn't need separate caucuses. I think that should be the Republican Party. Being the top-ranked conservative in, uh, in the House by CPAC, 
uh, I think it's very clear that I am the conservative caucus. And I think, you know, the caucus that we have are all of our voters back at home. I think uh, just standing up for our conservative values, we can take leadership for the people in the state of Missouri by just standing for what the people want. We don't need to be a member of a caucus in particular. We just need to stand up for the Republican Party platform and start protecting conservative values. Platform, huh? Interesting. Talk about collegiality in the Senate. I mean, you're from the House where it's sort of engineered for a big three yards in a cloud of dust <laughs> fight and Democrats get PQ'd and silenced. And if you don't like, a, if you don't like somebody's opinion, you don't call on them. That's sort of the way that yeah. the, the, the rules are set. In the Senate, it's the opposite, except... Um, you know, Brian Williams hadn't had even be a senator yet. He just gets to step back and watch Republicans fight. Uh, when you did look across the road, I didn't see that. Is that something you think is fine? Is it something you think you do something about? No, listen, I don't know that I have all of the answers. There's a lot of smart people who've been working on trying to build collegiality in the Senate for the last four years. Not very well. It hasn't been working. <laughs> but we do have, you know, again, I hate to keep saying, like, as a mom, but sometimes you just have a bad class. And your kid, for whatever reason, there's no bad kids, but that group of personalities isn't working. And yeah. my hope is that shifting things around, we're going to be able to make things work. And I got to tell you, I'm committed to working with anybody that the voters send from somebody else's district to move the state forward. Um, rather than talking about this group or that group, I, I want to talk about policy. That's what I love about being a legislator, is whatever policy your people really, really care about and trying to move the state forward, you can work together with the other people that have been sent there. And so that's what I'm really focused Looks on. Like the what you just said, though, because a lot of times when the Senate did come together, it was the women telling the men to shut up <laughs> and that this is what we're going to do and you're going to go along. And that was a lot of the success was really the, the bipartisan group of women conservatives, liberals all got together and yeah. said, okay, grow up, guys. And that really was when the Senate probably made some of their biggest strides last year. Well, I can tell you that both men and women in the Senate have reached out to me to congratulate me, to tell me that they're looking forward to working with me, and I look forward to working with them as well. And, um, you know, again, I just think anybody that people send to the State House, I'm going to be there to work with. Um, I don't think you're going to see a Senator Coleman who's going to be reading a lot of books on the floor. I'd rather be having conversations with the people that were sent there to do the job for Missourians. Thank you. Um, this, is my, this is my the first time I've had somebody on the show two times, back-to-back -back yeah. weeks. Last week we were on, and I think uh, the feedback I got, some folks were surprised. You talked about how you wanted to lower some of the rancor in the Senate. Well, now that you're heading there, yeah. what's your plan? Well, I think it's something that, uh, I, on policy, I probably disagreed with Obama on the majority of his policies and positions. But the one thing that I really appreciated when he took the reins was that beer summit. I think there was like a police yeah. chief and a, a professor, whoever it was, and they had that beer summit. Some of my good friends in the Senate, Senator Eigel, Senator Koenig, Senator Brown, um, these are guys that sometimes don't get along. Uh, Senator O'Loughlin, uh, uh, Senator Gannon, these are people that I've built relationships with, and I think we need to get them all together, have a beer summit, listen to some Waylon Jennings and Conway Twitty, and actually just air out our grievances and start focusing on what really matters. Why are we there? And, and all of the business... Uh, leadership roles that I've had, the leadership roles with the Federalist Society and law school, we always remain focused on the true goal. And you know, as a legislator, as an advocate for the people, that's what we need to remind. Stop the political fighting, stop the infighting, let's get back to work. Man, you're, uh, that's probably the last thing Rizzo wants to hear, right? Yeah. You start getting along. He <laughs> that's what I think a, a strong Republican Party is going to be exactly what the people of the state want. You know, the people of the state didn't change. When the pendulum swung, it was because yeah. the, the Democrat Party that used to be pro-life, pro-gun, pro-worker, pro-tax cut, all of a sudden changed. In 2018, when the Democrats said you cannot run as a pro-life Democrat anymore, the people of the state started looking at other options. And they looked at the Republican Party. They want a strong party. They don't want the fighting. And I think we all need, as leaders, need to go over there and remind people it's time to get to work. Interesting. So you come to try to get to get along with folks. There's a lot of traditions in the Senate, right? Absolutely. One of the traditions is not campaigning against incumbents. 
it's one that I think a lot of folks would say wouldn't exactly follow this time you saw Senator White lose. Is that a tradition? I guess you'll be up for re-election now in four years. Yeah. Is that a tradition that you think folks should respect? Well, I think, you know, if the people uh, are not pleased with what I've done, and I think from Tuesday we saw that they were very pleased. I won, mo I think, all of my House district and most of the other House districts as well. So people have heard uh, my name, whether it's on radio, on TV, in the newspapers, because I'm spearheading these, these very controversial issues to try to find a resolution. Uh, and I think, you know, if somebody wants to run against me in four years, that's their prerogative. We'll let the people speak up. Um, you know, we've had people run against us and, and plot and scheme from within the party uh, to run against us. I, I really am not a big fan of that. But again, let's just be strong and uh, let's let the people decide. And I think if we're standing and dealing with these conservative issues, protecting our conservative values, that's not going to happen. Kind of hard to get along with everybody if you think somebody's gunning for you in your reelection, right? And within, the, within not only the Senate, but within your same caucus. You know, I think one of the hardest things about running for office is you give up your reputation. And so you get people who support you and people who oppose you say all kinds of things about you. And that, that bruises people. And so then everybody kind of starts off on the defensive. And that's, I think, a big part of the problem, right? It's not necessarily an individual is looking to have an ax to grind. It's that everyone is so defensive after going through these bruising primaries that mm -hmm. it starts people on guard. And so whatever we can do to build a real relationship to be able to say, listen, Scott, I like you, I know you, I see that these are the things that you want to work on. Let's work on those things together. Um, we're going to be able to go a lot further. And, you know, the further we can get between uh, what happens outside of the building and working on public policy is going to move things forward. Congratulations to both of you. Look forward Thank to covering you. you now in the State Senate. Yeah, if you I need me on next it. week, we can do three in a row. <laughs> I mean, triple crown almost, right? Absolutely. <laughs> We arrive back with our opinion maker panel. Jim Murphy, the most quotable man in the Missouri Republican Party, will join us. But first, go to showmissouri.com. I got to sit down with retiring Senator Dan Hageman up in Andrew County in the great Northwest. Talked about his cold career that spans from back in the House in the 80s to being Senate Appropriations Chair this year. Showmissouri.com, News from Missouri, one county at a time. We'll be right back after this. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state, helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work, Ameren, Missouri. Welcome back to Week in Missouri Politics, post-primary election edition. Sam Gladney, thank you for joining us, sir. Thanks for having me. Keisha Bosley, representative from the legendary family in St. Louis City. Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be Brett here. Dinkins, Victory Enterprise. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me. And the most quotable man in the Missouri Republican Party, Jim Murphy. Jim Murphy, the news was that Schmidt, a man from your county, rolled throughout the entire state. I mean, what a victory. What a victory. I, I predicted it last time we were on, yes. and uh, I'm proud that he won it. Brett Dinkins, put your... Uh, consultant kept on. I know you had a dog in the right, a fight, but 
I mean, it was a, a pretty dominating victory, a, a multi-candidate field, members of Congress, sure. leader of the Senate, uh, you know, a sick pervert from his basement. <laughs> he whipped them all. Yeah, no, no doubt it was a decisive victory. This isn't anything that's going to be left to be counted for days. Um, yeah. he, cl he cleaned up nicely. Do you think Greitens had a number? Like, if I can get to 19%, I'm going to say the election was fraud. There had been one. I don't know if it was 19%, but there had been one. Yeah. Sam Gladney, I mean, um, if you started picking the people you didn't want to run against, maybe you say Vicki Hartzler. But Eric Schmidt's somebody that uh, for his entire career in a statewide race, no Democrats wanted to face. Uh, yeah, that has been true in the past. Now, he's gone a little bit further right here. That it's might true. make it a little bit more problematic for him. And he, but he's also run, you know, several times statewide successfully. So I think it's going to be a, a tough race. He's about someone you know in Eric Schmidt. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, he was pretty aggressive in the primary. But when you win a, a, a legitimate, well-funded campaign mm -hmm. of six candidates with 45% of the vote, it's hard to argue with the strategy. I mean, it's very hard to argue with it, but I think, you know, he's going to be in for a fight come this general. Um, I don't think that anybody is going to lay down and just take it. So hopefully we, we get back to that. I mean, I know that it was off by, what, 287 uh, votes from the Democrat and Republican um, primaries. But, hey, I think we can pick those up. So tell me about this, Sam. Uh, Trudy Bush-Valentine, someone I got to interview, I found she's a very nice person, very genuine. And when you talk about abortion rights, she can be very tough. Yes, I mean, that's, that's been an issue that, that she's been passionate about and active on for, for quite some time. She's got a record on that, not, not an elected record, but a, a record nonetheless. And she's going to have the resources that she needs and, and hopefully the right message to, to put up a good fight. We've got the right two people on here. Your families have seen a lot of campaigns come and go. What, if, you, if she asks you your advice, do you try to embrace President Biden or with his unpopularity in the state, do you, you keep a distance from the Democrat brand? What would your advisor do? Um, I, I think that there's multiple ways that you can advise somebody. Um, I think staying true to who you are and your principles and your morals and your values is the only way to go, um, while also making sure that you reach out to the people um, and being there face to face with them and don't just come at a cost of you wanting to be there just for their vote. Be there because you actually care. So that would be the ultimate advice I would give. Jim Lemke, if you could write a line for South County, I'm, I don't come from Billions, I come from Bridgeton. It was Eric <laughs> Schmidt's opening salvo in the race. I don't know if that's a, if that's a fury, if, it, if that's a Chrismer Keller, what a great line. Maddox, I don't know, but that's a great line. It is, and you know, Eric is, is, is a South County guy, kind of, uh, and, but, you know, he stood up for us. You know, when, when Sam Page went crazy and tried to, to, to shut down all our businesses, he stood up and, and fought him. I mean, is Eric Schmidt the Republican nominee for the United States Senate today without the standing up for those kids that were masked in school last fall? I don't think so. I, I, th I, th I think the, the Republican voters are just fed up with, with government overreach. And I think he, he stood up for it, against it, and I think it was great for him, and I think it'll, it'll drive him all the way to the... I really think it was the right guy, the right place, right time, yep. and he handled it the right way. He came in hard, and that's kind of what folks wanted. They were ticked off. And, and, you know, they said, oh, he went crazy. He didn't go crazy. He did what he was supposed to do, and that's stand up for the people. But I think it's put your political hat on. I mean, you could say he went crazy. Okay. I think he got a little aggressive with some of the lawsuits, yep. for sure. But the fact is, when you win a race, such a hotly contested race, so many very qualified candidates, in a landslide... Hard to argue. Absolutely. And I think what we've seen out of Trudy Bush uh, recently in the interview she's done shows she's very ill-prepared to take on Eric Schmidt. She thought CRT was some 
Republican conspiracy that Republicans were trying to put in school. She didn't even realize what CRT was or where her base is on, on that issue versus the Republican base. And so I think that's why you didn't see her debate in her primary. I think she'll be scared to death to uh, debate Schmidt in the general, and I would be too. Let me ask you, give me a prediction. Uh, there is no Schmidt-Bush debate, right? I don't know. Oh, am I, give me a prediction. Is Trudy Bush Valentine going to debate Eric Schmidt? Um, I think, you know, I, I think that I have no idea, but. That's two no's. I, I can okay. say no defiantly. Okay, nonetheless, if oh, she I, decides. You know, to. I, the voters didn't seem to punish candidates for not debating. Yeah. That's their prerogative, and I, but I don't, I think uh, your silence speaks loud. <laughs> Let, let's talk about another guy that's in the race. Um, I thought when they said the guy's name was Wood, it was a joke, because I thought back to the Toy Story thing. When you have Woody, the guy, the, the puppet that they dance, and I think he might be like dancing for Danforth, right? I mean, I, I, I just think Jack Danforth, I was in elementary school when he left the Senate, so I, he probably was a terrific, a, a terrific statesman. I really wouldn't be qualified to speak to that. But my professional career, he's mostly complained about Republicans. Yeah. And now he went and got a guy, an Ivy League educated lawyer from St. Louis, somebody he'd probably like to vote for. I don't know that any West Plains Zizzers want to vote for him. I, I don't see it as a serious situation anymore. Uh, I think if Eric Greitman won, it would have been. Yeah. But I think under the, the circumstance, Eric Schmidt, it's a non-issue. What do you think? I mean, is this, do you maybe just save your money? He should, and actually going back to what he should have done with his mission in mind that he has told people is he should have invested in a lot of these primaries to build a bench and then go for the Your big guy, one. Dave, let's say Dave Schatz drops out of the Republican race, is the independent. you got a man's man, knows how to field dress a deer, with $10 million of, of, of uppity, kind of elitist St. Louis and money. Now that is a, that's a different ball game. But, but pulling out a guy, I mean, look, I've not, the folks in January 6th, if you're breaking stuff at the Capitol, the folks are out working today to pay for it that you broke, go to jail. Sure. But I don't think regular folks at the, at the cases in Tipton care. No. Maybe they should, but they just don't. The folks in Iron County aren't looking for a J6 attorney with an Ivy League degree. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I mean, you have to watch, Sam. I mean, it's, it is the, look, I, I, I'm very much respect the fact that there was probably a time when Jack Danforth was terrific for the Republican Party and terrific for the state of Missouri. I, I don't know. But my whole life, he's just really much complained about Republicans. The one thing he did win was Hawley, and now he's pretty ticked off about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a plan something with this guy that's running. Um, someone smarter than me maybe understands. I don't get it. I don't see what it's going to do. I think, as uh, was just pointed out, you know, if Greitens were the nominee, it might have been something. But I think with Schmidt, it's going to be Schmidt and, and Valentine. And we're going to, you know, look on election day and this guy's going to get like 2% of the vote or something. It's if that, you know. I, I just don't know that um, the Ivy League thing, that's, I mean, I see a, I see a, uh, I guess if you went to an Ivy League school, you think it's great. Yeah. But Eric Schmidt, you know, went to SLU. Yep. I'm a SEMO guy. I'm not real impressed with your Ivy League degree. And if Jack Danforth says Josh Hawley's bad, well, well, you kind of pick the same guy again, right? I mean, it's the yeah. same stuff you're doing. Yeah, I don't have much use for Ivy Leaguers either, and I don't think most Missourians would. <laughs> no. You got it. Mean, it's almost funny, right? I mean, this is what Jack Danforth probably had a whiteboard. This is what I'd like to vote for. And then he never even probably brought up a regular Missourian what they'd like to vote for. Mm -hmm. And he picked his guy. Yeah, well, I mean, look, everybody has their opinion. I don't see it where it falls in there. But, hey, if he thinks that it's good for it, everybody has the right to run, so run. Elitist folks, like I guess they're charting him for whatever the elitist vote is in Missouri. I think that's as many Democrats as Republicans. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think there are a good number of elitists that have supported Eric Schmidt and will continue to do so. There you go. There are some that support Trudy, but both ways. You think? I mean, I'm not sure that for every three votes they pull from Schmidt, they don't pull one from Valentine. I think you're right. I, I, like I said, I don't think it's an issue. Look I at the really voter don't. turnout. Elitism in Frontenac and Ladue, those folks are taking Democrat ballots. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's talk about uh, state Senate races. Sam Gladney, you're very good friends with uh, one, one looking to the fall in yep. uh, Tracy McCreary running in St. Louis County against George Haruza. Kind of that new district just kind of cuts the county in half, right? Right down the middle. It does. It does. And, and I'll tell you what, nobody outworks Tracy McCreary. Um, I, I can guarantee you she's either knocking doors, talking to voters in some other respect or raising money right now. That's what she does. Mm -hmm. If you want that Senate seat from her, you're going to have to pry it away from her. And I so far have not seen him doing the sort of work that he's going to have to do to win that. She fits the district. Keisha Bosley, you've served with her. Tell us folks about Tracy McCreary. I mean, Tracy is, as Sam just said, she's a hard worker. Um, she cares about Missourians. But most importantly, you know, she, I served with her on the Agriculture Committee. So she's not someone that's blind to issues that are across the state. Um, so I respect that in her. And as Sam said, you're going to have to pry it out of her hands. Tell me about this. I mean, uh, the district's drawn a little bit more favorably for a Republican candidate. Goes, sure. come, brings down some of South County into that. Um, Tracy McGree is a strong candidate, though. Yeah, look, I think what we saw this cycle, in the primaries at least, is every candidate who relied on just self-funding actually lost. Uh, anyone that put in a sizable coin of their own race but didn't do the grasswork side lost. And so I think Dr. George certainly has a chance. It's, it's a good district for a Republican to win. But Tracy is a hard worker, and no one can say that that knows Tracy will say she's not a hard worker. And she's going to make them earn it, and he's going to have to go out and earn it. So I met Dr. Haruza. Um, very nice man, obviously very accomplished man. Very um, probably could invest in his own race, it seems like, if he chose to. Uh, tell folks about that side of the race. That's a part of this you're familiar with, especially the southern part. Well, first of all, the word that came up is work. And work is absolutely, you know, when we look at this last election, those that worked the hardest won. And Tracy's a hard worker, and I don't believe that Haruz uh, is just going to sit back and not work. His, his, his crowd is out there to work for him. But what's interesting in this race is that's the only competitive state yeah. race. And how much money goes into that to get him across the line is going to be huge. And I don't write him off. I think he can win it. Sure. Well, even that gas price stays up. Yeah, that's got to be good. Oh, yeah. Him, right? I mean, for, before we go, Jim, you've uh, served with the two uh, folks we had on previously. They're going to the state Senate. Yeah. Representative Coleman, Representative Shore. Tell folks about them and how you think they'll be as senators. Well, I think they're going to be great, first of all. Uh, Mary Elizabeth is, is, is totally one of these people that only doesn't get involved in the politics as much as she gets in the issues. I think she's going to be great on that. Nick, I've worked with him close for, for four years. You know, he's kind of a fire breather, but I'll tell you, he's an effective, effective uh, legislator, and he's going to be good over there. And I think the tone of the, of the Senate is going to change greatly, not only because the four, four new people came in that are going to kind of balance that out a little bit, but Bill White losing and things like that are going to take, send a message to the rest of the, the crowd, we need to get along, because if we go too far right or too far left, you're probably not going to make it in the next cycle. I think uh, cycle. you may see some of those um, majority of the majority Republicans, I think they're tired of taking it too. Right. I think you may see a different, well, who knows how it'll go. Be interesting to watch. Yeah, but I think it's going to level out a little bit this time around. We're going to get leveled off the air, Sam, with a minute left who won the week. Sam Page. A big win. Big win, and it got a little luck with the general too, so. Yeah, but can't discount the fact he came in. Huge win. All the folks that all the masking, masking, wasn't my cup of tea, but I'll tell you what, it was the people of St. Louis County's cup of tea. Absolutely. Who won the week? Uh, Congresswoman Cori Bush.
big win. Very big win. Did it help her, though, that she was on TV for a week helping flood victims, doing constituent services? There was no defund the police. Okay, it was just her helping people I think, on TV. I think the congresswoman just, you know, has a way of just pulling people, and that's what she ended Career up doing. Personal. Win the week. I'm going to say Governor Parson, he's going to have launched more statewide careers by the time he's oh my done gosh. than anyone else in the history of Missouri, and that's a win. There's a whole, you say a Parson tree, it's a Parson bush, yeah. like everywhere. Who won the week? Uh, obviously, Eric Schmidt won the week, yeah. but, but I'd also like to throw in my four, four good friends, and that's uh, Nick, Mary Elizabeth, Ben Brown, and uh, Curtis Trent. Yeah, Curtis Trent's going to be an outstanding it's Outstanding. I'm going to go back home for mine. Tanya Deffend, all the Butler County clerks retiring. This is her last primary. In Butler County, we really only have primaries, and she did her last one this week. Congratulations on a terrific job, and we'll see you next week on This Week in Missouri Politics. This Week in Missouri Politics is sponsored by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association. Ameren, Spire, and Sterling Bank.